Ben Hickey, appreciate you joining us on this Saturday morning. A happy weekend to you. And thank you. Truly thank you. A lot of listening options, a lot of viewing options in general. Thank you for making us a part of your Saturday morning right here on CBS Sports Radio. College football set to kick off in seven hours from now. Let's start this hour with a little CFB talk. Because we got a big one. We got a big one coming in 14 hours from now down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Number 11, Texas. Number 3, Alabama. Texas is going into Alabama and pulling off the upset. Burn orange lighting up the skies down there, Bryant-Denny Stadium. And the Longhorns, for the first time in a long time, are winning an actual meaningful game. And I'll be honest with you. I can't believe I said those words. I cannot believe those words have left my mouth. Because I am breaking a promise. I have made a promise with myself for a long time. And I've kept it. To my credit, I have kept my word for a long time. That I will never, ever believe in Texas until they actually prove it. Kind of like the Cowboys. Ironically, both from the state of Texas. I will never pick the Cowboys to make the Super Bowl. Because I'm sick and tired of hearing the hype, hearing the, the preseason rankings come out and seeing either the Cowboys high atop of the short list of, of Super Bowl contenders or Texas, this is the year. Texas is back, baby. I'm sick of it. And so I made a personal pledge to myself that I've kept for a long time now that I will never believe and or pick in Texas until they actually do something. Until they actually prove it. The benefit of the doubt for that team, for me, is gone. So it is, in a way, painful to sit here on September 9th at precisely 5.02 a.m. Eastern and break in front of you all my promise. But I have no choice. I have no choice but to pick the horns in this game, even though they have not proven anything up to this point. Because I, there is no way I think Alabama's winning this game. I know what you're going to say. I know, I know. So I'm going to get out ahead of it right now and stop you before you say it. But Ryan, you're forgetting. Alabama has Nick Saban. How can you pick against the GOAT? Saban's going to will these kids to victory and send Sark home with his tail in between his legs. No way a former assistant is going into Nick's house and beating Saban. No way. Here's the reality with Alabama this year. Nick Saban is great. He's a great head coach. He's the greatest head coach in college football history. He is, at worst, right now, the second best head coach in, in college football. Even Nick Saban in all his greatness isn't enough to save the tide in this game. There are too many vulnerabilities on Alabama for him to cover up by himself. Let's just quickly look at this game here from a matchup perspective. You know what they say, right? The smart people in the NFL say, or I should say the smart football people say, because it's college and NFL, the smart football people say it's a game about matchups. That's truly what determines winners and losers, and that's why some bad teams are able to constantly compete and or beat good teams. The way they match up. How does Texas 
later tonight match up against Alabama. Here's how. They have the better quarterback. I think Quinn Ewers is better than Jalen Milrow. Texas has the better group of wide receivers. Texas has a better offensive line. And the Longhorns also have a better defensive line. They have the matchup advantage. I would argue you go into a game with a better quarterback, better group of wide receivers, I would say overall better skill talent, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. So if you want to just lump those into one, Texas has the better skill talent, better offensive line, better defensive line. How do they lose that game? I don't see how. So even though I just made a pledge that I've kept for years, literally years, of not picking Texas, of not believing in Texas until they actually prove something, I look at this game specifically. With Alabama being not the Alabama that we're usually used to seeing, with Texas having matchup advantages at the most important positions, I don't see how they lose this game. Texas is winning. They're going in and upsetting the tide. Because you even look, too, right? There is, it's a, we have to remember this now. And look, if you don't believe me, unfortunately, for your sake, in about 24 hours, even less than that, you're going to be proven wrong. So you can either get in early now with what I'm saying or deny, call me an idiot, call me stupid, clueless, and then in about 18 hours, learn your lesson when Alabama loses. This is not, for Alabama's standards, a good Alabama team this year. It is not. Is not a national title contending team. It's not a college football playoff team. I don't think it's even a top 15 team this year. The recruiting rankings would say otherwise. But where this team is right now, this team is not ready to compete. Jalen Milrow is not even the starting quarterback in the sense that he has the job on lockdown. He will start on Saturday. There's no guarantee that if things don't go well in the first quarter that he won't be benched. It is still a wide-open quarterback competition where the other two guys behind him are not much better. Ty Simpson is unproven, and Tyler Buckner, the little we saw in Notre Dame, is not very good. More uh, more interceptions than touchdowns. So the guys behind Jalen Milrow are not exactly ready to light it up. Milrow himself shows a lot of questions about passing the ball and running the offense efficiently. The offensive line, to me, is a big concern. Or even last week against Middle Tennessee State, it's not like they own the line of scrimmage. Not like they bullied a lesser opponent off the ball and just totally dominated them with their will. Look, pass protection was shaky. And again, going back to the matchups, Texas has a good defensive line. Arguably the strength of their defense. And now you're going into a game where Alabama's offensive line is struggling to protect? Don't like that. Don't like that whatsoever. So you got a shaky quarterback situation, an offensive line that's not very good for Alabama standards uh, and hasn't been very good compared to what they had there in the last 15 years. You have wide receivers that are unproven and, and again, have not been true playmakers yet. There's no Jerry Judy. There's no Devontae Smith. There's no Jamison Williams on this roster taking over the game later today. A lot of these same guys there last year, we were talking about Bryce Young not getting a lot of help. And so far, another year, I don't think is making them any wiser or any better. 
Defensively, I got questions about their defense. And even going to this game, I think you could easily say the strength of Alabama's team is, is the secondary. They got a really good defensive back unit, corners, and safeties. But even with that said, they're banged up. Two of their better defensive backs might not even play. If they do play, are going to be limited because, again, they got hurt in the opening uh, opening game last week. So even the strength of Alabama's defense right now is hurting So they got two of their better players hurt. So, again, let, let's just do the math here. Texas has quarterback, skill, talent, offensive line, defensive line advantage over Alabama. Alabama, this year compared to past years, has a very shaky quarterback situation, offensive line that is subpar, receivers that are not game breakers, defense that's questionable, banged up in the strength of their defense in the secondary. Someone do the math for me. How does that add up to an Alabama victory? It doesn't. It doesn't. Outside of the brand, there is not another reason why you could tell me Alabama you think is going to win this game. Nick Saban is a great coach. He will have these guys ready to play. Even Nick Saban, I don't think, is able to overcome and cover up these massive vulnerabilities. Like, what am I missing here? Vegas has Bama as a seven-point favorite. Why? You could tell me that you don't believe in Texas. Okay, well, why do you believe in Alabama? History is great, but history is not going to impact Jalen Milrose's play. You could tell me Alabama's 52-1 and one at home the last 53 home games. Great. Does that mean that this team right now and how they're currently constructed with the talent questions I have are going to be better or going to win just because of what history says with better players playing those games compared to now? No. I don't believe that. You're going to tell me a quarterback who, by the way, Alabama had fits with last year when their defense was better? Quinn Ewers only played a quarter last year. In that one quarter he played, 9-12, 134 yards, led to two scoring drives. He was unstoppable, picking apart Alabama left and right. Is he slowing down this year? I don't think so. So how does it make sense? Why am I supposed to think Nick Saban is going to mask all these efficiencies and lead to a win? I don't see it. If you do tell me, if you think Nick Saban alone is going to win this game, 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. Like, honestly, if Nick Saban wins this game later tonight, it is one of, not the, but one of, the best coaching jobs he would have done. This team, compared to years past, is less talented, less experienced, less championship-ready. And especially now in week two, where experience is still very little, I don't see now one game against Middle Tennessee State now all of a sudden getting these guys ready for prime time, for big time. Look, Texas returns a ton of starters. They've at least experienced it, been through it. Alabama's a lot of inexperience and a lot of question marks. And so, honestly, I don't get why anyone would pick Alabama in this game. And I don't get why there's not more love for Texas. 
Better quarterback, better skilled players, better offensive line, better defensive line. You can control the trenches. You can line your quarterback more. And you have game breakers that can make more plays. And also, look, Steve Sarkeesian, we could talk about, right, you know, Nick Saban's record uh, against his assistants is unbelievably good. And he's dominated his former player, uh, former coaches. Losing to Jimbo once, Kirby once, otherwise undefeated. But Steve Sarkeesian, as an offensive mind, is really creative. Knows what he's doing. My only hope and my only real concern with Texas, honestly, is nothing to do with the players. It's the coach. I thought last year Sark was too conservative. I know you're playing with a backup quarterback because Quinn Ewers gets hurt, but that was a very winnable game that you should have won. And I thought at times Sark could have went for the throat and didn't. I really hope and I do think he has learned from that because part of slaying the dragon is being aggressive is going for, not playing safe, not playing not to lose. I think he learned that lesson last year. So he's going to come in motivated and aggressive. So you look now, this is arguably the most vulnerable team Nick Saban's had since 2007. This team is prime for the taking. I think Texas is going in there and pulling off the upset. They are beating Alabama. If you disagree, tell me why. What is Alabama's path to victory here? Is Nick Saban alone enough of a reason to pick Alabama? Or if we actually peel back the curtain, if we actually look at this matchup, can we actually admit Alabama's vulnerable and Texas is winning? 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You can tweet me. At Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. We'll, we'll read your tweets. Again, Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three. I think one upset is going down later tonight. Texas over Alabama. I got another upset. A big one. I think also going down that's going to burst the bubble. But up But up Great song. Underrated song, honestly. That's one I feel like if you are at like a, a bar or just out and that song comes on, everyone stops what they're doing and, and joins in and sings. That's for sure. Kind of like Mr. Brightside, one of those universal uniting songs in this ever divided world. Hick at night with you right here, CBS Sports Radio. If you missed any part of the show, don't worry. Check out the podcast, Hick at Night, night spelled N I T E. Get the entire four-hour show uh, at your convenience, at your listening convenience. Also, I do, throughout the week, record like small little snippets and drop them in the podcast feed. Little bonus episodes, if you will. Been doing a lot of college football picks in five minutes. Hicks, five-minute picks. Five games, college football, biggest ones each and every week. Dropping those on Thursday. So if you want to get a little extra college football feel, that's also part of the bonus for getting and subscribing to the Hick at Night podcast. And, oh, by the mention, did I, I should say, by the way, did I mention, free. If it's free, it's for me. Because guess what? Nothing's free these days, but that podcast is. Make sure you subscribe again. Hick at Night, night spelled N-I-T. Okay. Two upsets 
going down on college football. Texas is going into Tuscaloosa and beating Alabama. Nick Saban is not enough, himself alone, to cover up the vulnerabilities for Alabama this season. Texas does exploit them when, I'm going to say, 24-20. Another upset going down a few hours earlier in the day. Now will be Nebraska spoiling Deion Sanders' homecoming. His home debut at Colorado is going to be an L. Here's why. Nebraska is built to beat Colorado. Last week, what do we see from the Buffaloes? We saw a high-flying, explosive offense. Shooter Sanders, 510 yards, four receivers over 100 yards each, 45 points. They were tremendous. But you know we also saw that no one's really talking about that's going to come back to buy Colorado this week? Their run defense, or really I should say, lack thereof. TCU, for whatever reason, decided to stop running the ball. But when they did run the ball, they ran the ball for 262 yards. 262, seven yards a carry. The Horned Frogs averaged against Colorado's run defense. Nebraska is a team that's going to run the ball. Last week against Minnesota, who is a tough defense. Like, Minnesota's a really good run-stuffing defense. Nebraska was able to run for 181 yards on the ground, five yards a carry. So a good running team in the Cornhuskers, led by their quarterback and Jeff Sims, who comes over from Georgia Tech, who's used to running the triple option offense, and that Minnesota game did way more damage with his legs than they did with his arm. You got to know. Nebraska is going to run the ball on first down, on second down, on third down, on fourth down, then do it again on first down, and then again on second down, and then get a first down. They're going to keep on running it. If they throw the ball more than 20 times in this game, I will be shocked. Shocked. This has to be a ground and pound game. And Nebraska, I think, will run the ball, milk the clock, and keep that explosive offense on the sidelines. Now, Travis Hunter will sit on the field because God plays every freaking snap. But otherwise, that's how you're going to slow down this Colorado offense. Keeping them on the sideline. I think Nebraska is going to run the ball, slow the game down, and win 20-17. to 17. Spoil Coach Prime's home debut. So Nebraska upsetting number 22, Colorado. Texas upsetting number 3, Alabama. Are you with me here? What upset do we see going down on Saturday? 855-212-4227 at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number 3. This should be fun. Let's go to Brad in Alabama, who has some thoughts on the big Texas-Bama game. Hello, Brad. Good morning. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How are you doing? Where's, well, where are we feeling about 12 hours or so from the game? How are we feeling here? Well, I'm feeling like I could go with you on the Nebraska-Colorado thing. My, Matt Rule is a good coach. Dion is going to be proven to be a good coach, I think. But their defense run defense in particular is like trying to pour water into a laundry basket. I like, you know, I've never heard that saying, Brad. I like that. That's a good one. Now on the flip side, if anybody, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question to answer a question for you. Okay. One of your questions was, is Nick Saban enough? If anybody asked you, was Michael Jordan enough on the bulls in the nineties? What would you have said? Yes, but he's also a player. 
Okay, but he's the GOAT. The GOAT, and it doesn't matter if you're playing, coaching, whatever. You're going you're gonna to outdo who you're against. Is Nick so Saban throwing the ball Saban today? Enough. Say that one more time, please. Is Nick Saban throwing the ball today? He will throw the ball? No, no, no. He himself. Oh, no, 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 no. Is he going to be tackling anybody? Well, if they get close enough on the sideline. <laughs> you know what? Brad, you're not wrong. He suffered, what, that, that scar by his face last year? You're probably right. I wouldn't want, if I was a Texas player, get too close to him. He could probably, he could yeah, probably jack he, someone up still. He's probably glad Will Anderson moved on because that was a hard hit. <laughs> you're right. All right, but my point is, Brad, like, you're, okay, Michael Jordan, fine. Is he enough? Yes. The issue is Michael Jordan can actually play and control what's on the field. Nick Saban can't. And I understand that argument, but Michael Jordan could outdo who he was against. So Saban is going to outdo Sarkeesian, who he is against. So, but can Jalen Milrow outdo Quinn Ewers? I think can the can. offensive line for Alabama outdo Texas's O line? I don't think so. Like that's where, like you look at the matchups. I think Texas has the better quarterback, the better skill talent, the better offensive line, the better defensive line. That's I, a I'm lot not going to overcome. argue that a lot of the skill set would probably be better. But I'm looking at this not just as a fan. I'm looking at this as 17 years' experience as a coach, albeit at the high school level, not the college level. But I told everybody after the Vanderbilt game last year, Bama's in trouble. Bama will lose to Tennessee this year. That was my exact words, and I'm a Bama fan, so that hurt. So the reason this I said Brad. that, looking through a coach's eye, is our DBs were awful. Our DBs didn't stay on their man. Our DBs saw – a pump fake, or our DBs saw, okay, well, we're going to this side, and they were off their man by five yards or so. Hendon Hooker exposed that. that and it doesn't matter the level of competition you're playing because I saw it against Vanderbilt nonetheless. Right, so let me ask you this then. So you saw that last year, and you said, oh, boy, this team's in trouble. What yeah. has you changed in your mind to where you saw that the deficiencies last year and pointed out correctly, and now this year you're saying things are different? Like, What changed – to where now they're going to win this game where, to me, not a lot has changed from last year to this year outside of losing your two best offensive players in Bryce Young, Jameer Gibbs, and your best defensive player in Will Anderson Jr. Those players are, you cannot replace them. They they are, especially with a, a Bryce Young and a Will Anderson, they are generational players. Nobody done stuff from Will Anderson since the Derek Thomas days. So those those players are not – you can't replace those players. They, that, that's a mute point. But I saw players playing their position, not coming off early. It didn't matter the level of competition because Middle Tennessee is probably, you know, equivalent to Vanderbilt anyway. But still the level of competition wasn't even close to being Alabama level. But defenders are playing their position. They're not coming off early. They're staying – and they're committing to the ball when the ball has committed to the offensive player. So I think our defense is leaps and bounds ahead of where it was last year. All and right, I do Brad. Think with his legs, Jalen Milrow can be the difference in this game. He's not a better quarterback. I will never argue that, but he is a much better athlete than Quinn Ewers. Really quickly here, Brad, what, what we got score-wise? What are we saying? I believe Bama wins by double digits. Wow. Double the Tuscaloosa factor will make the difference, and I'll be there with horns down. <laughs> well, horns down is a great celebration. I do appreciate the call there, and I do hope we do uh, 
I'll say this. Look, I'm rooting for Texas. I'll be honest here, and I think they're going to win. I'm hoping I'm right. But I will say, if I am wrong, the one thing I'm asking for is horns down left and right. Saban did not allow last year. Freaked out about it. Enough. Enough with the penalties and horns down. You win. You deserve to throw them. All right? That's the only thing I will agree with in terms of Alabama in this game. You win. You absolutely, you turn those two fingers and you point them downward. Chris is also calling from Alabama. Hello, Chris. Uh oh. Hello. There he is. What's up, Chris? Hey, but, hey, what's up, buddy? Look, I'm going to be real quick. I got to go to work. But I, I disagree with you on two. I think Nick Saban, he's the best. He's the beast. I think Milrose going to come out. Scramble from the pocket, deliver downfield when he needs to, and win the game. And I think Deion Sanders, I think it's his time to shine. Coach Prime all day. All right. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, appreciate it. That was a combo of appreciate it and Chris com- combined to one. Thank you for the call, Chris. Um, look, this thing about Jalen Miller, too, is a lot of, like, there's no doubt he can run the ball, right? He's very mobile. We saw it. I mean, the first touch in Alabama scored last week, the snaps over his head, like 15 yards back, scrambles, picks it up, runs the equivalent of almost 50 yards when he picks it up in, uh, into the end zone for a touchdown. Guy can run without a doubt. Can he make the throws, though? A lot of the throws he had last week, guys are wide open. Again, you're playing Middle Tennessee State, right? Level competition. Now the question is, against a legitimate opponent, when the windows are tighter, when the time to make decisions is quicker, can you make the throws accurately and on target and on time? And right now, for me, the answer is no. I got to see until I believe it. Alabama, again, this is the team, this team has the most question marks going to a year. Then maybe like since they won their first national title in 09, when things really kind of took off from there, then it's been basically top three every year for the most part. But you look at just Alabama from this perspective. Last year, they were 11-2. and two. Most people would classify that as a down year for Alabama. They didn't really have a signature win, and they lost to, you know, the two best teams they played against last year they lost to in Tennessee and um, in LSU. Now you look at this team where they didn't add a lot, right? They didn't go to the transfer portal and get like some stud quarterback or great receiver or unreal edge rusher that's going to all of a sudden make this massive impact right away. They lost the best quarterback in the country last year in Bryce Young. Or one of. Because I'll give respect to Caleb Williams. He is the best quarterback in the country. You lost the second best quarterback in the country in Bryce Young, in my opinion. You lost a tremendous all-around, all-purpose guy in Jameer Gibbs, who was your leading rusher and your leading receiver last year, and you lose the best defensive player in college football in Will Anderson Jr. All three of those guys, off of what most people would consider a down year last year, are now off the team going into this year, replaced by no certainties whatsoever. Question marks at quarterback, at and running back's fine, so maybe... Not even, because it's, a, I think, a talent downgrade, but McClendon's fine. Okay, fine. And questions at on defense uh, as well. Where's the Alabama confidence coming from? Where is it? Like, what am I missing here? I feel like I'm honestly going a little insane. I feel like I'm seeing this as clear as day. This has Texas written all over it. If you disagree, 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. You can tweet me at Ryan underscore Hickey in the number three.
We'll get your thoughts. We'll, we'll get you set for a big college football Saturday here, headlined by Texas, Alabama, and Colorado, Nebraska. Also, there's another thing going on in college football today that bothers me. It's affecting me personally today, but it's going to be affecting you um, either down the road or already has. And it really does bother me and make, I think, the viewing experience less. Reinecke here with you. All right. I am 29 years old, but I feel like sometimes I'm an old soul. And when it comes to TV, I am definitely an old soul. I am a proud non-cord cutter. I have cable TV. Most people, you can call me a sucker. I am proud of it. Because you know what I do not want to do? I do not want to stress about my internet running correctly and worrying about at any point the internet going out and all of a sudden now the stream I'm watching lagging, buffering, stopping. That is my worst nightmare. It happened to me a few weeks ago because uh, unfortunately I'm a Spectrum subscriber, which their fight with ESPN is killing me. Please get the deal done. Please. I pay a lot of money for this. I am not paying, and I'm paying only for sports. Not having ESPN is killing me. LSU, Florida State last week, I had a stream. Now, thankfully, only lasted one minute. But I had a little buffering where all of a sudden the pinwheel of death came on, and I was about to lose it. I need to tell you something really quick regarding that. Sure. So, me and my, two of my cousins, we were literally walking to a bar. We were walking around the city, and we were really tired, so we just decided, let's watch some U.S. Open. You know, there's some good games right now. And then we go in to a bar, and then I go up to the bartender. I'm like, can you do me a favor? Because I think they were showing, like, I think they were showing the Mets or, like, a Mets po- pregame, postgame, whatever. Before I even said anything, I just said, Could you, can you do me a favor? He's like, yeah, Spectrum's, like, uh, on oh. this, like, skerfuffle with uh, ESPN. So no U.S. Open. And then he just looks at me. He's like, was that what you were going to ask? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. It is the absolute worst. It is killing me. And obviously killing people across the country, you are now affected as well. So it's like, look, I'm trying to be a good guy. I'm trying to be a good soldier. I pay for cable. I have no problem paying for cable because I want the certainty that I know that for the most part, when I turn the game on, it's going to be there. And now this is killing me. But my point is today at noon, my alma mater, Penn State, they're playing Delaware. I get it. Not a big game. Hopefully they win 60 to 7. If I miss it, is the end of the world? No. But I'm a sicko. I want to watch the game. It is on Peacock. It is a Peacock exclusive. Alex is pumping his fist like he's excited. I am ready. I am disgusted. I Now, I have P, Well, I have a login for Peacock is what I will say. So I'll be able to watch the game. But I hate the exclusive streaming network and streaming platform games. I don't. I tr- Maybe I'm wrong here. I could be totally wrong. I don't think streaming is a feature. I don't think forcing people to buy 30 different subscriptions to 30 different services and have 30 different games uh, not just be at the flip of a channel anymore is not good for the viewing experience. Not what people want. I don't think that's what, I mean, again, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think that's what people want. I don't think you want to be searching all over the place for one game on Apple, one game on Amazon, one game on ESPN, one game on NFL Network, one game on Peacock, one game on, you know, whatever the next one, Hulu TV. I don't think that's enjoyable. I don't think that's what the viewer is looking for. 
And so I'm not looking forward to Peacock now being exclusive. I pray that my internet, which, by the way, by the way, ever since this entire Spectrum ESPN saga has started, coincidence or not, my Wi-Fi has been spotty, we'll say, to say the least. All of a sudden now I'm getting alerts of more and more outages. Huh. Last thing I need here is to watch the Nittany Lions driving and all of a sudden, internet goes out. Or, God forbid, Alabama, Texas later tonight, internet goes out. Ridiculous. Drives me insane. I That is my, sorry, that's been on my, as you could tell, it's been on my chest for a while, but I hate the fact that right now, at least for one game, it's streaming only with Peacock. It's going to be now going more, it's going to become more and more popular. It stinks. It truly stinks. I don't think anyone's a fan of it. I don't think it's good for any viewer. I don't think it's good for the growth of the sport to kind of hide your games on select services. I really hope this is not a trend. I really, people have been talking about how streaming is the future, streaming is the future, streaming is the future. I mean, how long have you said that before you realize it's not? And I hope it's not. Selfishly, I really do not. Okay, speaking of games, let's get you set here. Two big games this weekend in college football. Alabama, Texas, Colorado, Nebraska. Both are featuring upsets. Texas beating Alabama. Nebraska raining on Dion's parade. They are going into Boulder and winning that as well. Chad is calling from Green Bay with thoughts on the game. Hello, Chad. Good morning. How's it doing? How you doing? Good, Chad. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Just about to head into work. But nice. Uh, nice. I just wanted to say um I'm with you on uh Nebraska. You know, you got Can you give me a Colorado. go big red? Go big red. Big red. There we go. go. Big red. It's usually the Wisconsin Badgers, you know, but they're just always mediocre, too. But uh, what do you think about that uh, Alabama? You think because the Lion is Colorado minus three. So that's a mini upset, you know, especially when you got one of the hottest teams. Everybody's going to want to take them, especially with Dion coaching there. But Alabama, that one's seven. You need the points, or you take you got them outright, eh? Outright, Chad. Texas doesn't need any points. They're winning outright. They have the quarterback advantage. I appreciate the call, buddy. I like the I like the joining the Go Big Red Chad. I love it. He's in. I think they have the quarterback advantage and Quinn Ewers over Jalen Milrow. I think the the skilled players are better at Texas. The offensive line is better. The defensive line is better. Now, Bama has this stark right coaching advantage with Saban. But I don't think he's enough to overcome those other four deficiencies we just laid out, plus the strength of Alabama's team, secondary, banged up as well going into this game. Outright. Now, we're not talking about Texas cover here. No, 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 I'm Trust me, I'm not leading the show and leading this hour. We're talking about a Texas cover. We're not that desperate. I'm, I mean, I don't know why I'm saying we. I'm not a Texas fan. Texas is not that desperate for me to just say, hey, covering the seven points is a win. Outright win. Christy, call from Dallas. Hello, Christy. Hey, yeah, uh... You know what, uh, have you guys ever thought about uh, Alex Burton uh, as far as the wide receiver for Alabama? Who's Jermaine, going to cover him for Jermaine Burton. Yeah, thank you, Jermaine Burton. Who's going to cover him for Texas? They don't have any great cornerbacks. You know, even though I know Alabama doesn't have any great quarterback, but if you let these dudes get loose, and, and you know, like they're almost all pros already. That's the way they've always played their game. 
And Who's almost really, all pros? Alabama's players? Oh, you know it. You know it. I mean, well, they've not really. They've not played like it. At least not on anyone on this roster. Are you kidding me? No, are you are you kidding me? No, are you kidding me? The pros are gone. Bryce Young is a pro. Gone. Will Anderson Jr., pro. Gone. Jameer Gibbs, pro. Gone. Who's a pro? Like, Kool-Aid McKittree is a pro. Absolutely fine. He's going to be gone next year or maybe two years. Who on offense is a pro right now? Huh? Who on offense is a pro in Alabama? Oh, they're wide receivers. That's what they do. The ones that were unproven and really unproductive last year. Where a running back and Jameer Gibbs had to lead the team in receiving. They were just, they were just like, they were just like on the outskirts. They were just the guys who were not starting. You know, like they, you know what? They reload every year, and that's what they. And Texas doesn't have a a defensive uh, backfield to stop them. So how do you think that they're gonna? How do you think that? I mean, I you know what? I like Quinn Ewers too. I like him. But he's not going to get the job done, though. He's, he's, he's I don't know how Jalen Miller's going to get the job done. I got less well, questions about Quinn Ewers than I do about Jalen Milrow. Oh, no. I, you know what? I have – you know what? They're probably in the same place. Because if you look at last week, what did, what did Quinn Ewers do last week? Against Rice? I don't have the exact numbers. That's right. Uh, okay. Which through for three touchdowns? I mean, we're <laughs> – this what is my point, we, Christy. If we're talking about Middle Tennessee State the, stats, the what pros I'm, are we talking the, about then? What I'm talking about is Alabama is a better team than Texas. When was the last time, Christy, you used Middle Tennessee State as an example to show how good Alabama is? Okay. Don't well, you see the flaw in just in that alone? How good was Texas against Rice? They won, was it 37-3? I don't, I don't know exactly. 37 13? Yeah, uh, right. So it's Rice. It's Middle it's Tennessee rice. State. I don't think. Christy, my point is this. This is my point. Again, well, I'm not. My, my conclusion of Texas beating Alabama is not based on what happened last week. Last week for both teams was irrelevant. This is coming into this year based on the returning starters from last year, what we saw. Alabama last year, when they had Bryce Young, Jameer Gibbs, and Will Anderson, struggled to get any help around them. And that's part of the reason why, even though it's eleven and two, you would consider that a down year last year. And luckily, it was a great year for any other football team, right? Except it's Alabama. It's a great year for it was a great year for Alabama. Which it is not a, a this is not a knock on them. This is a credit to what they built and how great it is. But last year was not a dominant year. They did not beat anyone of notice, Christy. Who was their best friend last year? If they'd have only lost one, they'd have been in the hunt. But that's they didn't. That's the problem. The two best teams they played in the schedule was LSU and was Tennessee. They lost both. Right? What? To the two best teams. I we are about to hit the music. I'm, I apologize to cut you off. But my point is this: if you are using Metal Tennessee State to to show as an example of where Alabama is good at, that right there makes my point. This is not your same Alabama team as in years past. This is the worst Alabama team Nick Saban's had probably since 07. Look at it, and you will see it later tonight. Texas, you heard it here first, is beating Alabama later tonight. 